0: This is The Drive-In Podcast, take one. Bada boom. Welcome to episode 108 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special review of Top Gun Maverick, the movie taking the world by storm. And to accompany our non-spoiler and spoiler review, we will have a top five ranking of the best legacy sequels of all time. So, use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy Episode 108 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy Duty, episode 108 of the Drive-In has arrived. This is one of your co-hosts, Dr. O. on the horn. We'd like to wish the... Listeners, a very happy Memorial Day. Kicking off the summer right this past weekend, we had some great weather yesterday. Ricky Flex, I spent a lot of time with you over this weekend. I think we had a blast. How you doing, bud?
1: I feel the need, the need for speed. Top Gun Maverick. We are here. What a movie! What a theater experience. Movie theaters—they have been back. Tom Cruise, Mr. Blockbuster himself delivered yes this was a great weekend spent great time with you but guess what top tom cruise should be the headline of this weekend and top Gun maverick wow what an experience
0: can't wait to talk about it i think the movie is like really growing on me even more so than when i left the theater seeing like the reaction from audiences online and hearing like people talk about the movie i know we met up with a couple people this weekend had a nice barbecue uh They were, you really felt the hype for this movie. And I think this is like also the power of movie theaters. Like, even when Obi Wan out, uh, New Stranger Things uh, season that's debuting, that debuted, people seem to be just discussing Top Gun Maverick more so than any other property that's going right now. And that's exciting, especially when the original movie came out 36 years ago. 36 years ago in the fact that we're talking about a sequel to that film with Tom Cruise still reigning as the heavyweight champ at the box office with his highest debut ever for a weekend, the largest Memorial Day weekend debut of all time, $156 million. That's insanity, but it shows the power of the king. I guess also, Ricky Flux, I want to bring up a quick story. Uh, So your buddy... Also, a mutual friend now, uh, Nikki P. He mentioned, oh, so I saw him yesterday, came to a barbecue. Shout out, Nikki P. He promised me the entire day. He was waiting until the end of the night to gift me something, right? That I didn't know what the contents were. So he hmm. said, okay, just wait, Dr. O. I have something special related to the podcast. I'm like, okay, awesome. So nighttime rolls around. People start to head home from the barbecue. And then Nikki P says, doctor right doc it's it's time so runs out to his car uh we're watching the heat celtics game at the time and then behind his back he reveals that he has gifted me scrubs right something i was like oh my god i'm going to wear this every podcast episode when we do express checkup and we upload it i'm gonna have like a a cap on to go with these really comfy scrubs that just match the doctoral persona however I soon find out that same night that the scrubs were just a show. It was just like, okay, look, this was going to be for you. But then he says, my brother actually needs these to work tomorrow. So I was totally robbed of an experience. I appreciate the thought. I appreciate the thought by Nikki P. But I'm also – it's all I know our, our, another friend of the program, Johnny Sims, he perfectly encapsulated my feelings when he said – this is like Uncut Gems, where Garnett is like, why are you going to show it to me if I can't have it? That's the exact same feeling I had with these scrubs that were taken away from me by Nikki P. But the thought that counts, I guess.
1: Thought, thought always counts. It always does, no matter how small. But yes, I do agree with that meme. That is that is hilarious. But at the end of the day, we'll get you some scrubs, and then you wear them on the podcast, and then that'll be a moment for the century for the podcast
0: yeah i mean with the cap i think it's gonna be quite the look and they felt so comfy like the material like i understand why people like go to so many years of schooling to become a doctor to get to that point where you're just for that comfortability you're living in comfortability working in comfortability for the rest of your life i think you earn it when you spend that much money on school uh okay so what we're gonna do top gun maverick we're gonna give you synopsis we're gonna start off with non-spoilers we'll give you the rotten tomatoes imdb the whole shebang Let's dive in. So, synopsis reads After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for a specialized mission, the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen, Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Bradshaw, played by Miles Teller, call sign Rooster, the son of Maverick's late friend and radar intercept officer, Lieutenant Nick Bradshaw, aka Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn to a confrontation with his own deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who will be chosen to fly it. So that's a synopsis, lengthy, I know. So let's get to the Rotten Tomatoes. 96% right now, holy cannoli. Thermometer Predictor, Ricky Flex, Dr. L. We both pegged it mid-60s. To see this at 96% is a shocker to say the least. Audience score has it at 99%. Less of a shocker there. IMDB with an electric score of 8.7 out of 10. Amazing critical reception and audience reception here for Top Gun Maverick. Original Top Guns pegging it at a 56% in Rotten Tomatoes. So an upgrade to say the least. Ricky Flex expectations going in. I know we had the Top Gun throwback review and we did a little preview for this new film anything you want to add in terms of expectations
1: i guess just the only thing that would add so by the time we last recorded the expectations include the rotten tomato score which hasn't changed certified fresh 96 the only thing i would say is like all right well all right we'll see if this is a better movie really i do agree this is a better movie than the original top gun let's just get that out of the way I think it's a lot better, to be honest. But I will say the one thing I think that holds it back from being an all-time movie is, in my opinion, what makes the original Top Gun so good, even though it might not be the greatest movie, because it's cheesy, corny, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it has iconic scenes, iconic music. This one follows similar beats, and there's, to me, no iconic scenes. Mm. whatsoever i think there's great scenes great action scenes all like all time action scenes to be honest but iconic not for me
0: so you think it's missing the moments of the first one that has made it such a lasting movie for the past 30 plus
1: years by far i think it's too early to tell i think it's way too early to tell i disagree i think it's easily able to tell right now I think, well, I, think I, I-, I think you normally you're right with a movie like oh it's too early to tell this one it's like I can't think of one scene, beside like I can't think of one scene that's iconic from this movie that I would be thinking about like non action like just like with dialogue non action scene that I'll be thinking about ten years from now I can't wow
0: um coming out hot ricky flicks right get the fire extinguisher but i think i disagree i can name a couple scenes that i thought were we're gonna get the spoilers and we'll go through like some of those moments that brought up nostalgia the way they connected to the first one and also the scenes that are just like you wouldn't see in any other movie today the practicality of it that also makes the first one so special uh the lack of cgi here right joseph kaczynski taking a more pragmatic approach things that are actually doable and you see like the tight correlation or that you see like um that relationship this movie had with the actual navy how they helped out and everything it was so clear and i think they did a great job honoring them it's pretty fitting that this dropped on memorial day weekend works out perfectly but just seeing how well this movie is being received is honestly blowing me away because the anticipation for this movie was insane because obviously get shot in 2018 four years ago and we're not getting it until 2022 and i mean the, as we just said like the first top guns like at 56 percent i think tom cruise and there's been murmurs like for literally decades that there was going to be a top gun sequel all right but it was going to improve this much right Uh, I think the dogfight sequences we're going to talk about, I think they took it to another level here. They were lengthy. I think the acting was much better in this one. It really did blow me away. And the more I think about the movie, the more I like it. And uh, my initial score might be different from what I uh, proposed today. And I'll kind of explain that as we go. But uh, we know expectations were high. Theater experience. We saw it in Dolby. I mean, Ricky Flicks. What a call. Mr. Dolby himself. Dolby Flix, that's what we should, we should be calling you. I think that was the best and most ideal circumstances to watch this movie. Uh, beauty thi- Beautiful thing here, you have to go see this in movie theaters, all right? It's Tom Cruise, baby. He will never be subject to streaming. Just the fact that you had jets flying in your ears the entire movie, you got the theme song blaring. I mean, what do you, what did the sound do for this movie but, with you, Ricky Flix, how did, how did it uh, impact like, your experience? Yes
1: it's, yes, it's blaring. The The, the theme is blaring. The jets are blaring, but the problem or the I think the big differentiator, not problem solution, if you had to put a word to it compared to an IMAX theater or a regular theatrical version is it's controlled, it's controlled, it's disciplined, it's focused. And that's the big difference. Discipline. I like that. And the plane, like in a Dolby theater, it moves with the screen. So you go right to left. Like, if the plan's going right to left, the sound will go right to left. Like, it, it's very disciplined. It's very It's controlled. like you're wearing
0: headphones.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's still as loud as an IMAX theater. It's just, it's not, like, blaring at you where you can't understand anything going on. It's controlled where it's like, wow, I feel like I'm right there. Even though you know you're not right there. So, Dolby was the move. I'm glad that we did do that. Again, like I, every time okay. I think of this debate, I think of Tenant*. I was Tenet. gonna say
0: you became a Dolby guy when you saw Tenet for the second time in Dolby. That changed your opinion on that movie forever. Where you're like, forever. okay, people aren't appreciating this movie. Uh, it wasn't made for your everyday average movie theater. It was made for Dolby. The sound was so integral to that movie. Yes. All right, and it was it's mixed more properly on the Dolby in the Dolby type of theater.
1: Yes, because you you couldn't understand half the words people were saying in an IMAX theater because not only the action sequences, but when they're just talking, it's like the score of the movie is so loud, the IMAX theater just blares it at you because it's out of control. In Dolby, it's like much more controlled, and you can understand what Robert Pattinson and John David Washington are saying throughout the movie. So you actually like don't miss a single word. That's why like people that say tennis sucks, it's like, well, okay, if you saw it in IMAX, but... If you didn't see an IMAX, then you understand it like completely. So with this movie, it's like, yes, you don't have that problem with the dialogue. But when you're watching the action sequences and the planes, like it's it's unbelievable. It it honestly is. Yeah. No sound effects. Um, And I and I I said this right after we left the movie theater. This movie for me at minimum is going to be nominated for every single sound effect possible at the Oscars.
0: It's going to be awesome because we're going to look at the Oscars next year. And we're going to see a lot of technical awards, like the type of awards that Dune was nominated for and sweeped pretty much at the Oscars. Like you're talking about sound. We got score potentially, potentially. But like we're going to see movies like Top Gun Maverick and the Batman going against one another at the Oscars. Like how crazy is that? That is an amazing thing to see for like casual moviegoers, like people that aren't invested into these artsy-fartsy type of projects that we normally see at the Oscars, a lot of streaming movies. So having the Batman, which was an exclusive movie theater movie and experience, okay, paired with a Tom Cruise movie at the Oscars, like the Oscars got to be licking their chops at that possibility. And uh, it just shows how relevant like Tom Cruise like is, you know, that he still can have this. Like he had his hands all over this movie. You could tell. We're going to dive into his performance. Like you could tell like this movie, it like took like his – role right his prolific role as maverick maybe his best known uh most famous and or notable character he's ever played alongside ethan hunt okay
1: but up there
0: to see him okay in this movie bring back that character but also bring the elements of mission impossible that i think i'm a little bit skeptical 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 uh To like what they did but it just shows like okay like we have to include some type of like side mission or some type of ethan hunt style of adventure to even to give like uh audiences that movie theater experience that they anticipate out of tom cruise
1: yeah and for the record just want to get this out of the way since i brought it up i still would give score to the batman just for the record the score michael Aquino, the batman by far in my dumb, dumb, dumb. I think this score dumb, is unbelievable. Dumb. Zimmer was in his bag once again, but too similar to the first one. Is a legacy sequel, you can't do it. Give me the Batman over this. And Zimmer but, hands
0: on this one, too. That's crazy. Like him, like Dark Knight. Obviously, think of obviously, you think of like dude, and you think of every single like Nolan right, movie, right, right?
1: Right? Crazy. But the sound effects that's that's conversation. I do have to see this again to confirm that. But this might be Let's, better.
0: But the sound its crazy because you look at Hans Zimmer on the score, and then you also have an original song by Lady Gaga that I kind of forgot about a little um, bit. I think but it, was, it wasn't good.
1: I will say that right okay.
0: now. Well, I was going to save it, but I guess we could talk about the song right now. Uh Yeah, so I thought it was actually not bad. I just like it wasn't my takeaway. Like, oh, my God, people are going to be playing this song. It's not going to be a number. It's like this isn't going to be on uh number one on the Billboard charts, I don't think. Maybe it'll soar like. Because of the popularity of Top Gun Maverick. But I didn't come away thinking like, oh, that's the next, like, take my breath away, you know?
1: It's, I honestly think it was a huge letdown. I don't think it was a bad song. But we're talking about Top Gun. This is one of the movies that you think of. Oh, movie soundtrack was one of the, like, if you say top 10 movie soundtrack. Or like movies that are associated with a soundtrack. Top Gun. One of the first ones off the list. Word Association. Best soundtracks. Yeah. Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. Or like just movie soundtracks. You think of Top Gun. Kenny Loggins. Boom. Take My Breath Away. Boom. So you have Lady Gaga. Play
0: with the desk. boys. Boom.
1: <laughs> Honestly. But again, iconic scenes. But the Lady Gaga song was in the post credit scene. I hate movies that hype up songs that leave them to the post-credits. Or the credits, sorry. I hate that. I think it's awful. I think it's Bad for movies, I really do. I think that's BS. I think that leaves audiences waiting. I think it hurts the movie itself. I think it hurts the credibility of movies. And I think the movie uh, song itself, guess what? Nowhere near any of the songs in the original. So, guess what? This is a legacy sequel. Yes, you could say, Oh, on its own, it's a good song. But guess what? It's a legacy sequel. They want you to compare it to the first one, they want you to do that. So, guess what? Not as good. I don't care. A lot of Get guess of what's
0: face. here, Ricky Flex. Guess what, guess what, guess what? Well, guess I'll say what, it one more Ricky time. Flex. Guess what? Lady Gaga. It, this song's I overrated. A, I love her, a, though. It was a good decision to not have this play throughout the entire movie. Like, like, like take my breath away. Like, it, it was, That was a smart decision because like, what th- I like about this legacy sequel... It does like what a lot of other legacy sequels do. It pays homage, obviously, to what came before it, but it's not an exact replica. So, like, for example, you look at A New Hope with The Force Awakens. Like, you, they copy and paste. It's literally, like, same story type of characters. It's, like, plug and play. Uh, this one, they definitely paid homage, I think, in an excellent way to the first movie. We're definitely going to get to that. But I think it also had slight variations to it that you could tell it's a 2022 movie up to date, and uh kind of it could stand on its own too like i know we went to go see the movie actually with our cousins and they happened to they never seen top gun the original crazy they've never seen it and so like i feel like and they came out of the theater with they i i they appeared to have an insane experience like they couldn't stop talking about the movie they thoroughly enjoyed themselves so i think that's important to note like This is a legacy sequel, but like it's made 36 years later. Kaczynski, uh, the director, alongside Tom Cruise, they were probably thinking, like, how do we make this also just a great movie, not just one that's associated to a franchise? Because, like, who's going to rule out like this might be the end of the franchise? Maybe there's a spinoff of some sort without Tom Cruise, Um, but we can also get to that later, right? There are some electric, supporting characters. We'll get to performances, but yeah.
1: I am not down for that. Let's just get that straight away.
0: I think it's Richie. This just made 156 million dollars on its opening week in the highest-grossing movie in no Tom Memorial Cruise. Day weekend history. No, no Tom Cruise. I'm not saying like I think they're going to back off his character a little bit because obviously he's first of all he's not adverse to it, like having this a franchise. I don't think if it's going to mean that movie theaters are going to stay like as a priority in pop culture, like he's going to keep doing these movies. I think. Right, I, it took I disagree. It took, it took thirty-six years to make this sequel finally happen. We wait four years in a pandemic to get it. Has this opening, has this critical reception. You think like Tom Cruise is like looking at these box office numbers saying he's not gonna make another top, like Top Gun movie? You're out of your mind. That's not
1: what you said. You said Well, well, you also just Tom said Cruise. like I
0: can't see him. Like you also basically just said you can't see him another movie it made. You just said that.
1: I I I also agree with that. I don't think there'll be another top gun. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> But you if you but another Top Gun, afterwards? what I what I inferred from what you said is that if there was another Top Gun post Tom Cruise, I don't see that happening. Well, I think it could. If like if Tom Cruise is
0: in like a third Top Gun, grosses a billion dollars, Tom Cruise is hitting seventy years old, I can see if Miles Teller, Glenn Powell, their chemistry looks pretty good in this movie. A lot of supporting characters, like they're very young, good-looking people. Like I could see this like being a. Franchise carrying to the future. I I guess we can get to it afterwards with the spoilers.
1: Now that you you led into afterwards, I suppose I have so many more comments and rebuttal, but I guess I'll hold off. All right, let's get to the
0: story itself, uh, where we pick pick up from the previous Top Gun. So Tom Cruise, we're fast forwarding 30 years, his career in the Navy. He remains a captain. He hasn't been promoted. He's still getting into the classic hijinks and troubles of a... A uh, bold pilot, one that loves to take risks like a Pete Mitchell. He doesn't have family, no wife, no kids. Uh, he's working on planes. He's testing out planes for government cor- uh, government agencies. Um, sorry, I just got an email. But he's testing out these planes. Uh, he has no affiliation with Top Gun. He keeps a slight, con- a slight contact with Iceman. I guess we'll go non-spoilers and so no reveals there. Uh, where do you think? What did you think about the direction his character has taken going from the original Top Gun to Maverick? What did you think that? How did they do in terms of the storytelling of he was this character and this is where he is now into the whole, into the uh, rest of the movie?
1: It's believable, right? Like, it it is believable just by the way his character is. I think the end of Top Gun, where like the original 1986 it's like that's unbelievable where he's like oh i want to go into top gun right after he completes one of the greatest missions of all time for any navy uh uh pilot so it's like that's unbelievable this is like more believable where that fits his personality right um i will say i think ed harris was good just for the record limited screen time i think he was good i i will say that opening sequence was a good opening sequence like for the movie in the theater where like that gets you on your toes hitting the 10 G's, no spoilers, but like he goes really fast in it's in a model pilot and model plane. And that really gets you prepared for like, what's going to happen the next hour and a half. So I think that was good. It's just like the actual substance of it. It's like, eh, eh, whatever. But I don't think it's big of a, a big deal. I think the main point is, Hey, Maverick is still Maverick. He's the fastest man alive always will be and get ready because this movie's going to be a thrill ride
0: yeah so I think that it did a great job like you could tell from the first 20 minutes of the movie they established like Maverick is still Maverick like they, they he's still bold he's still oppositional to authority he still thinks he's the best of the best usually is the best of the best uh as I was watching this I also they established this idea of like uh Ed Harris's character is saying like these pilots may not even be needed in the future everything's going to be by machines or it's like the individual's not as important as i was watching that i kept thinking about tom cruise and i think this movie meant more than just like top gun like you think about like tom cruise waiting four years for this movie to get into movie theaters i was kind of reflecting on this is like similar to like tom cruise himself uh kind of idiosyncratic with how he views movie theaters for streaming services where it's like okay we're moving to this new age where people can just watch movies at home no one has to go here that's much more old school but tom cruise is fighting for the old traditional ways and the importance of the individual so it's like yeah we still we still need people in these planes making the decisions okay all right representing their country like pretty kind of nationalistic in that, in that sense i liked it but it also is like tom cruise like i need to still be in these movies like movie theaters are important they're essential to movie making in general, right? These movie theater experiences. Did you ever, did you get that vibe at all? It felt like a little personal?
1: No, yeah. I didn't get the nationalistic vibe. I I got definitely the movie theater vibe. I think there was clear symbolism with movie theaters. And I think a lot of, I, I really do. I really think that a lot of the dialogue was literally interpreted because of that. And then now with all the interviews that Tom Cruise has done ever since this was like the con circuit, like all the film festival circuit before this movie came out, it was clearly like that was one of Tom Cruise's main, main points in his agenda was movie theaters are important. And for him to say, I'll never do a movie that goes to streaming. And this is the movie that that, the first movie that's back for him. That's like huge, especially after four years of uh, producing this production and everything. So. Completely agree. I would definitely say it's more towards the movie theaters for me.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I was just I was just adding that aspect. Like this does like the original yeah, Top yeah. Gun. It's also like extremely like nationalistic type of views. Uh, but I do also want to talk about his role. Uh, he's coming back as an instructor at Top Gun. Uh, he's I don't, It's not a spoiler to say it's in the trailers. I believe that you got Goose's son played by Miles Teller. I think we have this relationship that's being developed here they take interesting liberties. I think ones that work to like spice up their relationship a little bit. And uh, I'll, we'll go over during spoilers, but I do want to say I love what they did with the Maverick character, what he's done when we haven't seen in the past 30 years. Okay. Uh, it's a cruise that has a lot more emotional, has an emotional toll compared to anything he's done in like the past 15, 20 years. So that was incredible to see. Like uh, just having these range of emotions, but like, what do you think about him becoming an instructor at Top Gun? Is this like the most, I guess, natural transition into the sequel?
1: It is. It, it completely is. I can't think of anything else. It would have been, to be honest, you can't do a Top Gun movie where he's successful. Pete Mitchell successful and he's not a Top Gun. No, he has to be Maverick. He has to be not a failure, but the best of the best. But at the end of the day, he holds himself back, and that's what he does in this movie, and not only as a pilot in the beginning, but also as a teacher, to be honest, no spoilers. So it's like, no, that's exactly what it had to be. That's what it was, and it was still amazing. This movie was amazing at the end of the day, and it definitely that helped for sure.
0: So I guess since we're on the topic of Cruz and his transformation from – the 86 film to 2022, I think we should talk about how well he did. There's been even some Oscar talk regarding Tom Cruise. They see these ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I'll just lead off by saying this is really premature for any type of Oscar conversation for Tom Cruise. Uh, He was the best actor in the movie, though. I think he did put on the best performance. Is it like awards worthy? No, right? Top Gun, like we just have to accept also just Top Gun. It's not like the first one is a masterpiece. It's a classic, right? And it has such replayability. But you're not going to find anyone that's really, like, worthy of an award. But uh, although Val Kilmer, original Iceman, I mean, come
1: on, give it to me, dude. Die on that that hill, doctor. Die on it.
0: I will die on that hill. But I thought it was cool to see, like, a Tom Cruise that's not just minimal dialogue and not one that's just worried about the physical performance more so than the actual emotional aspect but here you see tom cruise cry for the first time since magnolia right <laughs> and then when's the last time you saw him cry it's got to be like magnolia there uh he still has he still captures that charm that i mean swooning type of dude he has that arrogance still about him right he's really going through the full range here more so than any like there's like watching Tom Cruise in the 90s a little bit. A little throwback action for you. But how do you think Cruise did here? And do you think he's lining up for anything afterwards in terms of awards?
1: Cruise was easily the best actor in this. Like, non-biased. Like, mm-hmm. not even close. I really I really think so. I think Glenn Powell was great. I do think that, yeah, like, there were some limitations with his character as well. But at the end of the day, he was great. I think Miles Teller was good. I think all the characters really, for the most part, were good. But Tom Cruise was a step above, like, well, a, a big step above everybody else. But yeah, past twenty years, this is probably his most in-depth overall performance. That's not really saying a lot, though.
0: He's not That's one though. Honest. He's usually just like oh, like Ethan Hunt, who's just like man on a right. mission all right. the time. Right. It's just right. like they try this, and like he, give some emotion back his, with him, but like
1: right, he yeah. showed his range of emotions. He showed yeah, he showed his range. But at the end of the day, like. Like you said, this is Top Gun. Like this, The people that say he should be nominated for an Oscar, and again, I think from last week, listening to the pod, every, I think everyone knows I'm the biggest Tom Cruise fan ever. If he gets nominated for an Oscar, that's just a joke. It's either that or this is the weakest of your movies because everything gets delayed in the back half of the year. That's honestly my opinion. Um, love him in this. Love Tom Cruise, but for him to get nominated for this, that would be shocking.
0: You brought up the supporting cast here, because I think we spent a lot of time talking about Cruz and I know we are big fans and like we support his mission. Mr.
1: Blockbuster.
0: The mission to save movie theaters. Like we're both on that bandwagon. But there are some very exciting young stars in this movie. Uh they don't steal the show from Cruz, but they're I have a hard time finding a like weak performance in this movie. I'm just going down the cast. There's sure there are some people that are one note and they're written that way, but I can't think of a performance in the movie where I'm just like, okay, that person was bad. Like that does not come up to me whatsoever here. I think naturally we should transition to the two young guns, like this movie's next, like the next generation of Iceman and Maverick. You got Miles Teller, okay, playing Goose's son, uh, and then you have Hangman played by Glenn Powell, kind of playing the Iceman role in this uh, movie. So let's talk about Teller. We talk about how big of a year this is for him. He says the offer. It's not doing great critically right now. But this is this middle step, okay? He's got Spiderhead coming out in a couple of weeks. But everyone was anticipating, where's Miles Teller been? Okay, he took a couple of years off. Uh, after Whiplash, his career really hasn't garnered much attention since, and it was one that had such high hopes. Uh, so I'll just kick it off because, like, you know, I'm a Miles Teller guy. You know, I'm a I, you know, like, yes, he's you my are. guy, and I, I'm a big proponent of like, let's save Miles Teller. Let's 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 make him relevant again. I think, first of all, the person who casted Miles Teller, that whatever whatever award you can get for casting, that person gets it because, like, he looks like Goose. He looks like he could be Goose. Tall, slender dude, all right? Little bit goofy looking, just like uh, Goose was. He is, I guess, a little, he is obviously more charming. I don't know, I don't know the last time I saw a movie star, like, look as cool as he did in his opening scene at the bar, okay? On the piano, shades down. Like, he was murdering the swag in this movie. He was, I thought he nailed the look, all right, for a Top Gun. I liked him as the mentee. Two Cruz's mentor, I like the early opposition, right? To Cruz, the interesting dynamic I brought up earlier that those who haven't seen the movie, you will know exactly what I'm talking about afterwards. We'll get into it with spoilers. That was a nice wrinkle that added, right? Some more fuel to the fire, okay? An oppositional type of relationship between those two. Uh, comebacks heating up. Comebacks heating up, right? What do you think of uh, Teller in this movie? Is he back?
1: I won't say back, but he was good. I think you're right. There's literally not a bad performance. Really, there's not. I can't like point out anyone that was not good. I think if I had to like really, if you like really gun to my head, if I had to pick anybody that I wish was better, <laughs> I don't really think it's because of the acting though, but I think Jennifer Connolly, like, I have some Jennifer- thoughts on
0: her. I'd like, she didn't start off too hot in this movie. I, I don't think that- she was
1: bad though. I just don't think that, I think just because she's playing Penny, which was, fairly referenced in Top Gun, 1986 version. And then like they like kind of like they don't assume that we know a lot, but like at the end of the day, it's like we just don't believe it really. Like the Maverick penny relationship because it was barely referenced in the first one but going back to miles tower that was a great
0: decision though because like you you knew kelly mcgillis she did, she wasn't gonna have it she doesn't look the same as she did in 86 it's hard to like maintain not working like that.
1: she's not working like but jennifer the, connelly the
0: fact that they took one of the first lines of top gun when they brought up penny and then used her in this movie i'm like damn that's like true fans like who remember top down, yeah. they remember the penny line okay uh was it the uh not the, the commander's daughter i forgot what the ranking of the guy was admiral yeah admiral so he's like something daughter. Daughter. and just like having that and then like, you see hear her name we're like oh my god let's go right right like, this Which is really is awesome. gonna pay tribute and homage yeah.
1: yeah 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 and i like i did like that obviously but um just going back to miles tower for a second here i thought he was really good i really do, but. I don't think there's anything special. I do think his intro scene was great. Right. He, it showed, yes, that guy is top gun. That is what we're trying to see. But I think after that was like, he was good. That's pretty much it. And, and I th- think he, Joe, he showed his range of motion somewhere to cruise. I know you will disagree with me and say like, Oh, he really did show it more. So even no in the that's climax. Not what I really? Okay. Well, I just think that, yeah, he was good, but like, he- am i going to say that he was amazing will i say he's great no i just think that he was good i think the dialogue i think a lot of it played to uh, a lot of it was pain a lot of his dialogue specifically especially in the third act was paying homage to the original top gun which we won't get into the, the spoilers but at the end of the day his acting ability i thought was on display i was very happy to see that yeah it's still in his bag he hasn't lost anything I don't care about the offer right now because I think that he showed his true talents here. What I will worry about is that, yes, this was filmed four years ago. So Spider-Head coming out in, uh, in a few weeks. Let's really see him next to Chris Hemsworth, a Netflix movie, and then going forward from there. But I'm really happy to see Miles Tower. I won't stay back. I'll just be happy I'll, that I'll he's say here. what?
0: I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Like, what? like I'm not going to mention the range of emotion part because I don't think he had that much of a range of emotions here. I think what he did really well is has that underlying intensity to him the entire time. I think he actually nails that. Like what, like from his relationship at the beginning when he shows up, like there's something that is bothering this dude the entire movie. But best thing about Top Gun is that no one has to be amazing. It's just no one can hurt the movie. Like the fact that you can have this supporting cast, as long as they're formidable, what's going to save the movie is the leading man. I mean, it's called Top Gun Maverick, and also the action sequences. You don't need to have every cast member like put on this like oh my god award worthy performance like you saw in the Batman where it's just like everyone was on their hitting their beats like there no one missed okay. But in this case, uh, like everyone here formidable. And then like what were you gonna say?
1: Go. No, I was just gonna say like you mentioned the Batman like Peter Craig like one of the co-writers on this movie also co-writer on the Batman. And I think a big difference with this movie compared to the original Top Gun is that, yeah, had more lines for the non-core characters. So, like, Glenn Powell is obviously, like, the Ice Man in this movie. Miles Tower, Maverick, obviously, like, those are, like, the three main people in Top Gun. You have Phoenix as well. But, like, you have other people, like, making, like, other people in the class making me. Bob! Yeah, Bob. But, like, also, like, Danny Ramirez's character, like, the Hispanic uh, character, like, a Fanboy um and then a few other guys like a couple of the guys that were in the movie as well they have major lines in this With top gun like they focused on the core guys the core people they really yeah. did so that was i think that was a major difference in this i really yeah. do and it, i think that's what it goes back to your, where your point is
0: You know, you know what I think of like all these young people having a lot of lines compared to the first Top Gun. I think this lends even further to my point. There's going to be another Top Gun movie. There's going. I don't think it worked as well because I don't think there are as iconic scenes. But doesn't I mean that doesn't mean there won't be a third movie? Like how like how if Tom
1: Cruise is in it, I'll believe it. But if he's not in it, then no. I think,
0: I, I think he's going to be in it. I just don't think okay. like he, like he won't be in like, if there's like four or five, he's not going to like continue to do it when he's 75 years old. I mean, he continues to surprise us all, but you know what I'm saying?
1: Okay. Glenn can Powell. We just, can we get, wait, before we say this, Glenn Powell, wait, wait, so on the record, you think, do you think there'll ever be a top gun movie without Tom Cruise in it? Yes. Or I'd no? have
0: to wait till the, after the third one,
1: I would have to see. So you think there's a guaranteed third one coming? oh yeah
0: ricky this is going to potentially this is going to make more than the batman did
1: oh, yeah right, well yeah yeah okay but then, no, give me an answer yes or no i just said will yes. there be a top gun wow i'm gonna say no
0: well i said three i said there's gonna be a third top gun you okay okay, okay. no no,
1: no. will there ever be a top gun movie without tom cruise in it it's
0: too early to tell but i could see it happening
1: and that's a political very impressive doctor
0: well, like, what, what, like, I can't say it yet. Like, Tom, give yeah, me a is, yes or a no. I can't, yes because, or no. No, I can't give you a yes or no because if, like, the third one, Tom Cruise is definitely going to be in it. Let's keep going. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. He was a great, like, he was also, I felt like he was more of actually Maverick towards the beginning of this movie. Yes. Rather than Iceman. Like, yes, they, like, yes. They want yes. you to think he is Iceman, but like, the way he is, he flies too fast. He thinks about himself. Like you could argue, like Iceman, although he was the villain in the original Top Gun, he was just straight up like he was more of a team player. He was just like a jerk to Maverick because Maverick was a jerk himself. And you're not going to think like the main character, like he's the protagonist in that movie. And they make Iceman the antagonist, although he's doing what a good pilot should do. He just calls out yes. Maverick for his BS. So, like Iceman, I mean, excuse me, Hangman, Glenn Powell here. I think he did a good job. I, we talked about not replicating and copy and pasting plug and play from the original. Yes, he was Iceman here, but he's also mixed in with Maverick. Like he sees himself, like Hangman, he sees himself in this movie as Maverick. He's like, that is me. The way he flies, his style, that's how I want to fly. But he also is just going against, right, the protagonist, right, uh, with Teller here, right, sort of the protagonist, I guess, sub-protagonist.
1: Yeah, like, I was going to say exactly that. Like, this, he is not Iceman. Like, he's Iceman as then he's the antagonist, but he's not Iceman whatsoever as, like, an actual character. Good-looking bully. Right. Like, that's the only thing you could say. You're completely right, but not to belabor the point, I will say Glenn Powell was really good in this. I do think he was really good. I think he played it very well. Um, I don't think it was that hard of a role, but I do think he did it very well. He did it to a T. Um, I also will just say to go back to last week's episode with Top Gun and your take with Iceman being, should have been nominated for an Oscar. I won't, I still won't go as far, <laughs> but I will say this saying that half heartedly. I think everybody in this movie was good. Almost like literally, I don't, I think you're right. Like everybody that was cast in this movie that had significant parts or even lesser parts was good. But like, and Tom Cruise was very good.
0: You're not going to drop a spoiler right now, are you?
1: No, no, no. But I'll think, but I'm going to say this. In the original Top Gun, I will say this. Tom Cruise was also very good in that. But I'll say Anthony Edwards was also very good. And Val Kilmer was very good. So I think there's just better performances out of those three guys versus only one very good performance in this one. I think everyone here was formidable. They were pleasurable, like adorable, like whatever you want to say, charming. Whatever word you want to use very good or good but like in the original top gun like val kilmer absolutely murdered it and you're right like he did murder that better than glenn powell did here and it's not because glenn powell wasn't like he did everything that was, like, he did Hard his job in this he did his job perfectly in this it wasn't his fault i just think val kilmer again it goes back to being iconic like it's just so iconic and i don't think glenn powell this is not going to be iconic
0: this is that topic was 36 years ago. We've had a lot of time to marinate on those performances. It's I, so I can't to, see it though. I just can't. I I I mean, I'm telling you, like, I, like if this I think like I can see it, time goes by, a new generation, right? People are going to remember the hangman. They're gonna think that and like just these call names, these uh these uh these codes, code names, they last right? Maverick, Iceman, like, you're going to remember Hangman, it just has, it's going to have a place or in pop Bagman. culture, right? Rooster, like, you're going to have, you're going to see these being popped up all over the place in terms of, like, regular pop culture discussion. Whether you, like, I just, I think it's way too early to tell in terms of, like, having this, how it's going to age, Like, it's, I mean, it's made hundred, it's only it came out Thursday, <laughs> Friday, so it's like, I'm it's putting it,
1: I'm, ta- I'm having a take, I'm having a take, I'm putting a stake in the ground, Doc.
0: I think, I think also we should I think Ed Harris also killed it. I like that's a great performance. It wasn't for a substantial amount of time, but he nailed it. Like I thought I think he because that's also okay, plug and play. What happened in the first He's, one? You, get the, you got the got the principal from Back to the Future, right? He's sweating his balls right, off. Right, like right, tell, and like confronting Goose and Mavs saying, You're going I can't believe I'm doing this. You're going a top gun. Like when you have Ed Harris as that guy, I'm like, Yes, that is actually perfect.
1: So that like, was the most predictable thing out of this casting of oh ed harris yeah he's gonna be that
0: guy oh that and alongside john ham playing an authority figure in the government like that's all right but just, we saw that, that a little can, bit can in can the trailer though that, 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 yeah i'm just saying like you could bet your life that john ham's gonna have that role <laughs> and i want to talk about john ham really quick uh he i think needs a little bit of a revival we've talked about this many times he's constantly playing authority figures in movies He's not really testing himself a lot. We've seen his comedic chops and bridesmaids and like curb your enthusiasm, but he hasn't done it for like a full length movie. Like he was in like tag, but that's like, I mean, that's just him basically playing John Hamm. I, he's going to be Fletch. Like I think it's a huge movie for him, Like he's going to, I think it's gonna be a reboot. I don't think it's a legacy sequel or anything like that, but I don't know the details. That's a huge movie for him. Cause it's once again, him as he, the true lead. Okay. Of the movie show playing comedic chops and i really think his career could be like similar to like a chris hemsworth not in terms of like action into comedy but like you have like what you're known for this authority figure and also this suave good looking dude but underlying comedic chops like just show off what you're good at so i'm excited to see him there this one totally one note has no background it's just him he's like just the character you need the authority figure that needs to challenge Maverick because Ma- Maverick likes to challenge authority. And John Ham's just a big name,
1: big name. I think he summed it up very well. Cyclone, great uh, tag name. That's good. Um, like Cyclone, I-, I think that was the best one besides Maverick that was in this. Hangman, yeah, decent, but like, Rooster, decent, Phoenix, decent, but Cyclone, that's a great name. Um, I completely agree. And this is what I was worried about last week when we when we were talking about this, John Ham. For me, I think should be better than what he is as of right now. Okay. I really do. I think he's much more talented, what he's showing on. Yes, you mentioned Fletch. Um, He's going to be in a few more movies, but he's going to be a cop in those movies for the most part. Or an authoritarian figure. Yeah. So I just, I'm disappointed that he's going to keep doing that. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to say I trust him because clearly, like, him and his agent just aren't picking, at least, like, they're not. He's not getting uh, very versatile. He's just sticking to one note, one note uh, roles. But I do think there is potential one day for him to do that. It's just that hey, he's getting older, right? He's getting older. He's like, I think he's over fifty. He's like 51, 52. So it's like, oh, hey, man. like you gotta get going now or never, buddy. Right? Like you, you, you did your Mad Men stint. Like you, you got big but now you're like commercials too and you're doing now you're doing like apple tv progressive commercials you really gotta get going you don't want to be that guy that's just a side character and curb a side character in the town no you want to be leading those movies you want to be leading like whatever like maybe a honestly this is gonna be tough for me to say because i love movie stars but maybe you go back to television do a preview a premium one season limited season limited series television show i don't know I just, he's got to get back to being the lead man because this I do think it was very good. Uh, he was good in this. But again, like one note, like you said, yeah, John be- Hamm is better than this. Like it's like I, I. every time I say that, I think of Rick Dalton like like you're better than that, like uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, like, you're better than that, Rick, like. John are better than this.
0: He's on he's on track to be the lead for True Detective. He's season seven when that comes out. <laughs> if he keeps going on this, which isn't bad, I guess. But I would take like, that. That would be fun. That'd be huge. Like shout out Jody Foster. That's I mean, we'll talk shout about out. that in the checkup uh, tomorrow's episode. Uh, I like the idea of Fletch like giving him that rebirth, though. Like show a different side. That could be big reinvent himself a little bit uh i just want to also talk about jennifer Connelly really quick first off she is gorgeous in this movie uh and a casting decision also uh she nails like the vibe of someone who's living on a base like a little bit but it's more of like i like the casting choice because it's someone that's like tom cruise's age we're not doing like Clint Eastwood as an 80-year-old hooking up with a 25-year-old. It's like we have actual like personalities, Tom, doctor. two beautiful people that are like around 60 Similar or more age, you know. You know, it just it just felt like, yeah, I could see like Tom Cruise with Jennifer Connolly. That makes sense. Okay. Good. But uh the big gripe I had with her performance. I don't I don't think she sold me uh in terms of her flirting, her flirting with the chemistry. That's a big, huge issue with the first Top Gun, Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise in that movie. I thought the first act that didn't really work. Uh, I'm not going to give away the scenes or anything, but I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I felt it was really, cr- some a little bit cringy at times with the lines she was dropping. But second, third act, I thought like she was great. I like the, I think it was good chemistry with her and Cruise. I can't really say she detracted from the movie at all. Any thoughts on comedy?
1: Do you think that she was better than Kelly uh, McGillis?
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, Tough, I because like Kelly McGillis has a lot more screen time than she does in this movie. I think she, I, I guess McGillis is better, but like the chemistry is not there with Cruz. So, in that regard, I guess I have to go with Connolly's better,
1: hmm, better overall
0: chemistry. So, I think that's a part of being a part of a eclectic cast.
1: So, I, I, hmm, I think, I think you have a point. I think, just for the sake of podcast, I'm going to disagree because I think that again, like, I think that kelly mcgillis character like just because she's a part of top gun she's an like not an instructor but she's like an advisor she has like some like uh, the inverted scene telling uh maverick that his what he did was incorrect even though it was an all-time uh pilot move in the 1986 version like i think those are the scenes i remember versus like jennifer connelly what i'm gonna remember is uh no spoilers but uh no spoilers but like there's nothing near as like as important or impactful as those two. So I guess just to play devil's advocate, that's what I'll say. But to go back to Jennifer Connelly, I do think she was pretty good. I think that the chemistry, like you said, I completely agree with, but just to go back just as a whole to Jennifer Connelly's career, is she overrated? Beautiful mind. Um,
0: 2001.
1: Yeah. And she won an Oscar for that, but like, that wasn't even like her movie, like, like, uh, like at all. I, I really. Oh, like yeah, so that.
0: She, well she was the female lead though.
1: I know, but like, I feel like she's overrated.
0: Hulk, remember Hulk? Come on.
1: Exactly my point. She's literally. Like, I think Requiem she's for a Dream. Good. I I think Jared Leto's better in that, and I. It's Morbius. I know. I'm just saying. I really think she's overrated. She is. She does
0: play. She's Karen. a big name, she's and she's Karen very good looking. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Let's let's that? run through. She was in
1: okay. the Dilemma. Okay, yeah, we're not talking. I her. really think she's overrated. Okay, I mean,
0: yeah, I guess. Like, I, I'm not. It's, it's not like I think she's a. I think she's a huge name. Like, yeah, made, exactly. Like, why like she, is she a huge name? Mulholland Falls. Like, I feel why because she won an Oscar. <laughs> That's why well, she's, she's a did, huge did,
1: name. I don't think she like. I don't know. I will have to look at the the year, but like and,
0: and she's gorgeous. Like people like the way she looks too. That's a huge part about being a movie star and you're going outside, uh, opposite of Tom Cruise. Like you need gorgeous yeah. people to be in a Top Gun movie. And she, she's yeah. gorgeous. And gorgeous.
1: she did it well. She did it well. I think she was very I think she was good in this movie.
0: I'll just tell you what, like the big thing about like Kelly McGillis versus Jennifer Connelly, it all hinges on Tom Cruise. Like it like he like, they, they it's not like those two characters, those female characters They don't have scenes by themselves that you're just like wowed by. It's always them playing off Maverick. So it's like, how can you, I I, I can't say McGillis is better because all the times that she is in this movie is alongside Tom Cruise and she doesn't play as well alongside Tom Cruise. Jennifer Connelly does play better like alongside him. So that's why I'll just say I think she's better.
1: That's a good point. point. Um,
0: Let's talk about action sequences before we jump into spoilers here. What I loved about these action sequences and these dogfights, first of all, like the legitimacy of the equipment that they're using, how sleek the planes are. They, and they also like a lot of tributes to the Navy of throwback planes and also new planes. It seemed, uh, Tom Cruise on the board explaining how things worked. I'm like, how, how long did it take him? Does he actually know what he's talking about here? I think he's worked so, really, so close with the Navy here. I'm just like, it's really believable that he knows what he's talking about. And you know, he's a pilot himself. So like, yeah, I, I buy that. But in terms of action, uh, the long sequences in the air, I think is something the original Top Gun didn't have. You were literally uh, in the air for minutes upon minutes. Like Top Gun, you think about the third act, you know, like the last dogfight there, that's not a very long scene compared to what we had in this movie. Like you spent a long time in the air with the training sequences, with our which are breathtaking, uh, and then you obviously have the lead up into the final dogfight that you know is coming. That also it looks incredible, sounded incredible. I couldn't be more impressed with the action sequences. Any thoughts on how this movie uh, in the air compared to 1986's version? plays?
1: watching this movie. I'll say this before my main thought is that I do think the 1986 version still was very good for it. Like, yeah, very ahead of its time. Practical. I think if anything, it made me appreciate those action sequences more after seeing this movie. But saying that this movie was awesome, as in like those action sequences, the flying was incredible. You mentioned that technology, but I think a big thing is like you also alluded to is that. They actually like explained a lot of it. And like yeah. and, simp- and Tom Cruise terms. on the whiteboard. Like, yeah, Tom Cruise, the teacher of the century. It's it actually helped. And you're understanding the parameters, you understand the criteria, and what these to the best of like the audience's ability, what these pilots are going through. And I think that Maverick, Tom Cruise, like he does like he really outlines what they're gonna what's gonna happen, what we're gonna see extremely well. And then also, this movie just packs a punch. This adrenaline rush, this boost that we see, this energy. It's the, it's just, I think, just not just technologically speaking, but the way this was shot and just everything that you alluded, that uh, you also mentioned, is just it, in, far, in, my, in my opinion, just better than the first one uh, by far. Okay.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. And like the fact that you have a movie in 2022 that has this much hype, made this much money with minimal CGI, that's a huge accomplishment. Huge. I wonder like, how what, me- what metric you would use to like, like say, oh, this movie had this much CGI compared to this one, it'd be a real deep dive. But the fact I that this not, one had breathtaking sequences, and then they still was able to make this much money without any computer generated images that is nuts that is not in the 2020 it's crazy movie.
1: to think about after seeing this movie i know movie. we're doing no spoilers right now but it's crazy to think about if you and have, it's not like a one-on-one
0: john wick thing this is like no cgi when we're in the air flying jets like that is nuts every like the rock would never, never. the rock would never never uh All right, before we get to spoilers, uh, I think we should just talk about any other gripes we had. We'll drop a score and then we'll move on to like some of the iconic moments from the first one and how they could be replicated in this new movie. Uh, I'll just start off with the gripe I had. Uh, Oh, that was a spoiler, I almost said. But I think the music in terms of like the beginning of Flash has got the opening theme. Okay. But I think I'll, I can't say that's a spoiler too.
1: Uh, so a lot of my gripes that I haven't said already. I was gonna all mention me, some, some aspect of I will the music. say, Yeah. For myself, like a lot oh, of my gripes me. are spoilers.
0: So I will say gripe I had like I don't have a lot with this movie, to be honest. There's not much this to say in terms movie. of like they did this wrong. It was just it was long, 30 minutes too long. Dogfight sequences, I loved how like they were extended longer than the original, but I just felt like we are up in the air for a long time, but also to the point when uh, you get to another moment in the third act. It basically felt like I was now watching a Mission Impossible movie as opposed to a Top Gun movie. And I'm now it's just Tom Cruise is just one person. He is not Ethan Hunt. He is not Pete Mitchell Maverick. He is not just Tom Cruise off the screen. Like everything you see with Tom Cruise, that's just who he is now, <laughs> like a hundred percent of the time. So uh, yeah, I just think it, it just didn't capture the entire vibe of the first one by like some of the acts of the in the last part of the movie. But other than that, that's pretty much the only gripe I can say that's non-spoiler. Anything for you?
1: I I completely agree with that. I think just to keep harping on that point is that the third act, it's just like, yeah, you feel like you're watching Ethan Hunt, but then it's not explained as well than like an Ethan Hunt Mission Impossible movie. So it's just like, what the heck? Like, it was that easy? Or like, what? Like, what are we doing? So I agree. I do think it was too long. Um, Not as in like, I think the movie, like, was too long in itself. I just think that it just extended itself further than it should have, in my opinion. Like it didn't feel long. I just feel like I just felt like, yeah, for a to be a better movie, you could have cut down that third act like easily by a lot. Um besides that, a lot of minor spoilers and we talked about it. I think the biggest thing for me is just like, again, I know you disagree with me here, but I think it's just clearly besides the music, iconic scenes. I just don't, I really don't see any coming out of this movie i really don't
0: we'll debate when we get to spoilers what's your score for top gun maverick ricky
1: great movie better than the first one i'm gonna go 86.
0: okay awesome 86 solid score uh i initially had it at 88 i'm gonna jump it up to notches i think it deserves like an a level score so 90 out of 100 for me uh just because i don't have i can't understanding what it was it's a top gun movie how much better it is in the original. And then like, even just like me listing right now, what gripes did I have? It's not a long list. It's really not like this movie knew what it had to do. Right. It means a lot to movie theaters and get it, it provided an insane theatrical experience. Uh, in Dolby. right. Shout out Ricky Flex for the tickets. So with that being said, let's get to spoilers. So if you haven't seen top gun, you want to skip ahead to the top five legacies, top five legacy sequels, go ahead and do that. But, We're talking about what we saw on the screen, Top Gun Maverick. Where I want to start. We talk about paying homage and tribute to the original Top Gun. I think we should bring up, right, some of our favorite moments that paid tribute, okay, from this movie. So uh, we can go one for one here, or I can just list a couple, and you can give your favorite. I just want to – I think that's the best way. I'll just run through a couple of them. Uh, We have Iceman, Val Kilmer, okay. We get the texts all right going back and forth with Maverick. They still have this tight relationship, somewhat, right? They don't see each other face to face much, but they're comfortable enough that they send texts as friends back and forth. We get the appearance by Val Kilmer, okay. Typing out, you know, he's been struggling with his health, he's not able to speak, he's like very damaged vocal cords.
1: But then he so does Ice- speak, which means a lot.
0: Eventually does speak, all right. And what he says is important in that time. But you get the Iceman tribute, you also have a beach scene instead of playing instead of playing volleyball they're playing the worst game of two-hand touch that's ever existed uh they've got an inverted reference when you got goose and maverick in the air the first time they're meeting you got the penny shout-out from the original and the first line of the movie. She is now like the, the female, like the love interest here. You got the piano at the bar. You got the theme song in the beginning, the intro card to the movie. You got Cruz racing on the bike. There are so many great homages to this movie. Ricky Flex, what was your favorite? It might be tough.
1: Homages. It's got to be, for me, it's, it's the, on the bike. When he's entering Firetown, USA. That's for me. That's my favorite. And I think... Compared to the first ones, like that's the first time they're doing it, so that's why it's iconic. This one's like paying homage, that's why it's not iconic. That's why, like, going to the non spoiler section of this review, it's like, yes, this movie was better, but if I'm gonna go iconic, like to get this into the A's, I want to see something that I'm going to remember the rest of my life. I'm just not going to see that, especially for an action blockbuster. Yes, I will remember that this was a great movie, the action sequences are great, this is a great movie theater movie, blockbuster, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, this this for legacy legacy sequel top 5. This might be in there because of how well it did paying homage to the original, especially how far away. This wasn't like 10 years ago Top Gun. This was 36 years ago. Like how well it did it should not be undersold. Honestly, impressive.
0: So I think when you bring up the iconic moments here, a lot of the tributes are made to iconic moments in the original, all right? So I think a lot of the scenes I listed right don't really qualify as iconic moments because they're just paying homage and tribute to the original so like if i'm looking at the beach scene like everyone looks fantastic everyone a little less oil Six compared pack. to the first one yeah. a little less oil uh aviators but like what i do want to say like the beach scene and the park tom cruise scene i was great i was getting such oh the tom cruise running the theater erupted when he ran yes. when he ran uh i know our, our dad and uncle Steve were just like cackling like at once he started running because like tom cruise with the high hands knew that was coming in at some point and tom cruise knows what he's doing when he's putting that on screen he's like people gotta see me run at some point uh but the cinematography i think was a little underrated in this movie we haven't even talked about that some of the shots i think with like the orange haze that the first one has but like, i think they captured that 80s vibe with the beach scene with the bar scene in the beginning uh The bar scene, like, especially with the lighting, I thought was fantastic. It was a great, like, I guess, introduction, like, setting that aesthetic that was similar to the 80s. I loved it. All right. What? You didn't like it? You're giving me some weird No,
1: no, no. I loved it, but great balls of fire. You gave me crap for saying, oh, you've lost that love and feeling. How does everybody in that, how does everybody in that bar know that song? There's better chance of people knowing that song than Great Balls of Fire, which everybody knew in this movie in 2022. So I'm not saying- That's got to have some naval
0: meaning to it. Like they all knew the song again. Like there's got to, or they just, or he's done that before with that group of people. Like, you know, it's like first, not the first time he's hopped on a piano with the crew around him.
1: Right, 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 right. Okay, well, I'm not backing down. I do think it's either one or the other, but I do think maybe naval meaning that we just don't know.
0: I also wanna say like iconic moments, I'll give you one right now, when he takes them out for a test, A test. Uh, when he takes them out for the first time, that is an iconic moment. And that leads to the iconic, uh, leads to a homage where he goes inverted when he's talking with Goose, uh, Goose's son. Uh, that was a really touching moment uh, in terms of like, wow, it's like, okay, now it's like, this could be, uh, this is gonna be an interesting dynamic for the rest of the movie. Uh, uh, he, I, maybe he doesn't know about the inverted aspect. Like maybe he heard stories from his dad talking about like Maverick to his son. Uh, so I think that inverted moment's great. That whole sequence when he takes him out for the first time and Maverick still showing how good he is at, at being a pilot. Okay. So him just still smoking everybody and demolishing them like the best of the best at age 60. I mean, that's what like Tom Cruise does. Like he just has to be the best of the best at everything.
1: Uh, I, I, I was uh, just to say one more thing that I wanted to say in this review is that I'm so happy that this movie they really like they didn't like they made Tom Cruise the alpha the entire time, they didn't like do a coming of age, like somebody beats him. No, Maverick is the best, like that's what we want to see. And I mentioned that on the Top Gun podcast, best of the best, that's what Top Gun is, and that's what Maverick's trying to teach these people, uh, these kids, and like best of the best. And you know what? Maverick is best of the best. Nobody's getting him. He's getting everybody. He's making everyone do 200 push ups. That's what we want to see in our protagonist. That's what we want to see in Top Gun. That's what we want to see in these John Wick movies that I referred to last week and all these like taken Liam Neeson movies. That's what we want to see. And they did that so well in this movie. I love that. I think they did a great job in that. Not just like just the, showing the competitive atmosphere of Top Gun. But just with Maverick's character and also his teaching philosophy, I think it really shows. Pilot matters.
0: matters. P- person sitting in that seat matters. You that.
1: think you're dead. You think you're dead.
0: Yeah, that was that was later on in the movie, right? Well, I think it was towards the middle-ish, or it's like I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, him as a teacher here, I thought was interesting because like he's so egotistical and he thinks he's an alpha compared to everybody else uh it doesn't necessarily lend well usually to teaching because you don't care as much about the others but you rather care about yourself but i think he did a nice job like with the growth of character here from 1986 version to 2022 version of maverick i'm trying to think of any other. the beach scene as i said before like i like there they, they didn't hyper sexualize it it was just people without their shirts on looking good People running, they they try to incorporate it to the teachings of Top Gun. I thought that was a little. Eh, I don't know if this is working for me really. Uh, I, I think it was, I, it, that that scene it was not iconic, but it's a great moment to pay tribute. I just did the the football scene didn't do it for me.
1: I think it was a it was clearly a homage scene, like paid tribute, like you just said. But compared to the beach volleyball, it's just like, I think it's like. It's, 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 like I- incredibly inferior, incredibly, especially the way the game was offense, defense, offense, like whatever it was. Like, three, like I don't know, I can't even remember. Just incredibly inferior game.
0: It was like, it was, it was like offense and defense at the same time. It was like both teams, it, it was two balls, yeah, it was yeah. chaos. But we chaos. saw Tom Cruise, not Madden, but we saw Tom Cruise
1: running, which is what we wanted to see. So that I'll take the positive out of that. Get the Miles Teller on. dancing, get Glenn Powell just
0: ripped to shreds as as we heard on spit he's ripped up like a bad report card um <laughs> I think we gotta bring up the Iceman tribute uh we didn't know if he was going to appear necessarily in this movie doesn't show up in the trailers they show a picture mm. of him at Top Gun in the trailers we get him and it's, first of all his name, when his name showed up And Val Kilmer on the opening credits. The crowd was like,
1: "Ooh!" Because no one's
0: sure if he was going to actually appear in this movie. There has been confirmation he was on set and he visited set. uh, Props to like the interview, I was listening to a John Hamm interview, and he basically he did a great job concealing the fact he was actually in the movie. So good stuff on him.
1: Put him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then. Oh, who? Oh, John Hamm. Just because he can, yeah, conceal
0: secrets. I got you. I got you. I was late there, but. Okay. what do you think about the val kilmer tribute we eventually get him not doing well he's got the uh the, the, yeah, scarf, the scarf going around his neck the Scarf was
1: good good touch i i do think they did a good job because they incorporated him in the story because he's so important for you should have been nominated for an oscar for it so that if if to you that means if you were supposed to be nominated for an oscar that means you can't have this if you're still alive you see, you can't have this movie without him So. They incorporated him, and to be honest, the way of, well, obviously, like, in his condition, very limited capacity, and they did literally the best I could think of they could ever have done. I really do. But I will say, again, we talked about this. We're in the spoiler review, so we could say this. They killed him.
0: They killed him. That was uh, that was a little rough on our guy. I, they that was killed rough. him, and
1: he's still alive. And that I was just thinking about that. I'm like, oh my god, because we were talking about that on the podcast, and you were saying like, because we saw in the trailer, there's clearly a funeral, and you like, I we were talking about, oh, is it going to be a, a student or is that going to be Val Kilmer? And on yes. odds, I said, I think it's going to be Val Kilmer, but I think that's the wrong thing to do because I think it's disrespectful. Like, but they definitely had to have asked him to allow that to happen, no? Right?
0: I, I feel like they they must have because that would be so disrespectful, I guess, if they didn't and they just had him show up for that one scene. Nobody's
1: talking about that, by the way. Nobody.
0: Yeah. yeah, I guess it's definitely not something I'm clipping up, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't touch on that. But it was good to have him in the movie, but it was just sad. He looked brutal in this movie, which is tough. Imagine if we had a full force Iceman like leading Top Gun. whoa and Okay. Tom Cruise was the instructor. I know what? What? What?
1: I'm at we can say imagine a lot of things. Like I know. yes,
0: I'm just yeah, imagine it. I'm saying it's not gonna happen. I'm saying imagine if that was the case. They would have added a whole different dynamic to the movie. I think they did a great job with what they had to work with. And uh you needed to have him his presence in this movie because he means so much to the original Top Gun. So my guy it's great to see him your guy right not in the best conditions but he needed to be in it i didn't necessarily love his last line though when he was just like i'm still the better pilot like who's the better pilot he wanted him to say i'm just to me that was like okay we could whoever wrote that line we could have picked something different there
1: i think there were so many lines like that like the dialogue in this again just paying homage to the original there were so many it includes miles teller in the cockpit behind Maverick, like we can go on and on. There were so many like either identical lines or just like continually relying on the first movie where, yes, I still think this movie was far and away superior than the other one, but like they did rely on the other one much more than I thought, uh, much more than anticipated, at least for me.
0: It it was interesting because you bring that up. We mentioned our cousins who had never seen Top Gun the theme song started playing and the intro card comes up saying, explaining what Top Gun is just like the original one. They're setting up yep, like, the planes exactly. and everything. The planes are going on. What I was thinking, oh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought, but the fact that it was okay if you had not seen like Top Gun previously, and then you saw the sequel, but if you had seen Top Gun and that moment happens, you're just like, okay, now we know like this is actually going to be like strongly connected, and what it that it's going to be even more enjoyable. That have seen Top Gun, right? It's it's not a necessary thing, but it definitely enhances your experience. Like That's, I had to explain to our cousins that this is exactly getting the exact beginning of Top Gun. Like they, did not, they didn't, they right, except with the no
1: red lenses, right? It's it, yeah.
0: It just it, but uh, obviously, a big difference is that like Danger Zone doesn't start playing, okay? <laughs> they decide not to do that, which is a gripe I have is that they don't touch the some of the iconic songs from the original movie.
1: Soundtracks don't matter as much now, it's sad.
0: But like we talk about paying tribute, paying homage, the fact that you don't play Danger Zone after that moment or at any point when they're in the air, they play the Who instead. How could you not have Top Gun training? The top Gun recruits disrespectful to Danger Zone. How did you not make that conscious decision?
1: They would just give any Kenny Loggins song, and I won't be mad. I really won't be. But the music, I think, was a detractor in this. I really do. I mentioned the Lady Gaga off the top in the credit scene. That's like a popular thing in the movies where they hype up the not the score of the movie or even the score sometimes, but like not sorry, not the score. I mean, original song, the original song for a big blockbuster movie, but they don't play it until the credit scene. Like, I hate that. That's a new thing that's happening over the past few years. I really hate that. And I think this one, it missed the mark entirely. And going back to your point about, like, with our cousins that never saw the t- original Top Gun, um, and they still love this one, I'll say, yes, that's a huge uh, pro for this movie. And I think, yeah, without seeing that, you'll still say, this is an unbelievable movie. Um, I... But saying that, I still think, even if I didn't see the original Top Gun, I'll still stand by my thing saying the iconic scenes. I just don't see them as much. I definitely would have, I, I would lower my take and not be as harsh with it, but I still would have the same take. I just want that to be clear here.
0: All right, I'm just going to list a couple iconic scenes that's on top of my head because I can't hear you say there are there won't be an iconic moment. First of all, it came out three days ago. It came out three days ago.
1: I'm I'm having a take and I'm holding to it.
0: Duel, but It's like I, as you I said before, him taking out the pilots in the air in that moment. That's an iconic scene because hey, Maverick's still got it. You could say the opening scene when he's in the sleek jet and he hits ten Gs. Iconic moment.
1: You could I think talk there's about good moments. There's that's good moments. iconic.
0: It's like oh iconic. my god. Iconic. You can't he's say still-
1: everything's iconic.
0: I'm not. What do you mean? Like the first scene where he's traveling faster, and the guy's like, he's the fastest man alive. Like, that, that, those are such a great moment. Dramatic. What are you talking about? You got Ed Harris on the mic and like talking to him and like saying, well, watching him take off, and like Ed Harris stealing like some of those moments there with the dialogue, and then finally the 215 marker, the comeback. That's right the one he, I would say. Kicked. That's the questionable yeah, one. That's like three major scenes. I like those are three great moments.
1: That they are Two, great the moments.
0: 215 when all I had to break was like 220, 230. Like the fact, like, the, like t- John Hamm had it set at three minutes, and all of a sudden, here Kirby he comes set it to 215. And like the, the, the way that was shot, too,
1: that's easily the best scene in my interview, right? With that's the best scene,
0: that's my favorite, that's my favorite it, by no, far,
1: it's my favorite, too. But that's easily the best scene of the movie
0: when they are the way that's shot and they're putting cameras in the cockpit on the jet itself and when they're flying below those mountains yes. into the below like showing the depth of the planes nice. those are insane insane shots and those sequences to pair with the sound it was incredible right
1: it and was the, the 215 scene in my opinion was by far in a way the best scene not just my favorite the best
0: but also i mean you, I'm bringing up another iconic moment, potentially, because we don't know yet. Tom Cruise pulling up and almost sacrificing himself for Miles Teller. That's another great moment because, like, the, this is what like I gotta, I, I have to protect this kid. I gotta protect my best friend's son that I have let down. We gotta talk about like that relationship in a sec. But I thought that was a great moment. My beef with it is that no one died at this dog. Nobody, fight, which is like goes against the beginning of the movie where Tom Cruise says not everyone's going to make it back.
1: And it goes against the original Top Gun. And he kept saying, like,
0: whose family are you costing? Who, like, he had a wife. He had kids. Like, he kept he kept saying that to the recruits. And then you find out after, like, he hits that 215 that he's going to fly. I'm like, Tom Cruise has to die here. Like, he has to die. It would make the most sense, but they were afraid to do it. They Tom just- Cruise is going to die.
1: It was crazy how nobody died in this movie. And the, well, as in nobody, none, none of the pilots died. And I I, I think this is a huge, a huge error. Huge writing error. They didn't have so the balls. They didn't they have the bonus. And I think this goes to your point saying, oh, maybe there will be a third one. Because they don't want to kill anybody off. So that goes to your point. They knew this was going to be successful. But they didn't want to kill anyone off. So that goes would- to your point
0: like they could have killed one of the young recruits i thought bob when they say introduce bob, like bob and bob,
1: phoenix should have died if I was they're like, going to pick new one <laughs>
0: like bob bob's like the well liked guy just like a goose was like like i saw him i'm like with the person and everything how he's underrated flyer like this guy's done. yeah
1: yeah yeah or like payback he like he gets picked over freaking Glen Powell's character hangman they could have had him die like because he like passed out in the training, like you, you, literally, there's so many opportunities to kill somebody. It sounds awful saying it like this, but like it just <laughs> it makes, makes so some many sense.
0: Chances. Yeah, but it makes uh, sense. But I, I did want to mention something before uh, we go on towards our top five legacy sequels. Uh, I like, I mentioned in the uh, spoiler free section, I like the little change that they made in terms of the backstory between Miles Teller's uh, Rooster and maverick right so i like that it's not just like uh maverick is exonerated from any guilt right for the death of goose and so that's not the reason that goose hates him in this movie they could have easily done that and the audience would kind of roll their eyes but they consciously make the decision that tom cruise's maverick has a conversation with goose uh rooster's mother okay uh that well she doesn't want him entering the navy doesn't want him flying planes because that's what got like her husband killed goose so what ends up happening he pulls his naval papers okay because his mo- his mom requested okay creates this antagonistic type of relationship between the two i think it was a pretty valid reason for him meaning rooster to have hard feelings towards maverick i love that like little Twitch in the story that they made. What were your thoughts on the decision there, Flex?
1: I was because they, they could not have kept it the way that we were thinking about, right? Putting blame on the death of his dad. There were there was like a couple one or two scenes where the final, like Miles Tower had the final say, and he's like, Oh, the way you did it with my dad, or the way you flew with my dad, like like uh, jabs, that ended like the scene, which I thought yeah. like I did roll my eyes at. But I completely agree. Like, they had to do something, and they did it. This was extremely well. Yes, you could say, okay, well, Miles Tower should put two-to-two together. Or Rooster should put two-to-two together. Like, oh, his mom probably did that. Like, it's been how long? Like, probably should have put two-to-two together. Like, he's smarter than that. He's a top gun. Obviously, he's very smart. But at the end of the day, it's just a movie. Yes, understand that. I think I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah, it was just a, it was just a smart thing to do to make the movie a little more clever in terms of all, not clever, but also just provide more of an emotional toll to it because that's yes. what you, I think this one was also very strong, like in terms of people having like those moments. Like I, I I'm seeing on Twitter, like people like I cried three times during this movie. I'm like, I actually there was a moment where I choked up a little bit too. I don't even remember the exact moment, but I, really? I found myself I was watching and I went. <gasps> i was like oh shit and i like, said that out i was like oh i was like oh, and i was like oh crap and i and where I like, where, where 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 i'm I, I just told you i don't remember but i remember mm. having that moment i think it was uh it might have been like during the last fight where i thought he sacrificed himself or something like that i don't remember i honestly don't well so, remember i'll up. say
1: the part where i thought so um so it's when miles i in the back or in the cockpit with tom cruise and like it seems like they're doomed, right? But like obviously, like this movie was pretty predictable, I think, on a lot of a lot of ways. Um, besides like if you if you like I, I really think it was predictable, but um I don't think I didn't think they were gonna actually gonna die. But you know what? I was like crap, are they really gonna kill Tom Cruise here? There's there's no way they can, but like they're acting like they might, and I don't believe they will, but I was like, "Holy crap!" Like the fact that they're even teasing this in a 36 year old sequel—that's pretty crazy. So that's like the one area I thought maybe I got a little emotional,
0: you know? Yeah, I forgot. I forgot what it was, but I just remember choking up, and I remember my cousin was like, like tapped me." He's like, "Dude, chill." <laughs> 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 I'm like, "You're right. You're right." Sorry. <laughs> I kept checking on uh, Doctor Doc O. Senior next to me. I'm like, "Okay, when are the tears coming?" You know, they're gonna come at some point. Um. Okay. Uh, last thing here, uh, unless you have other things to add, lack of political commentary here. Once again, similar to the first Top Gun, they don't list in 1986 that they're flying against the Russians Okay, at the end of the Cold War. Here, they don't list the, the country that they're flying against. Again, I think it's good that they did not do that. I think it's going to be – that. I think that's the right move in terms of like recent – events in terms of like using russia potentially like i think it was a smart move this is shot in 2018 like it's better off not to include those potential like i guess reactions from or violent reactions from other countries i mean for god's sakes like we got like threats after the interview was released (laughs) you know we can't be doing we can't be like having those type of movies like (laughs) causing these violent reactions or like volatile ones from other countries uh, i thought that was a good move
1: i agree i i definitely in this day and age right now what's going on 2022 may may like yeah you're right i will say though that third act i don't even know like it turned into mission impossible like i think you said in the announcement yeah. section and it was just like what <laughs> I was the hell they hijacking a plane right now what are we it was doing? just like this isn't top gun anymore and this isn't like a part of the movie like this wasn't a part of the like it wasn't consistent with what was going on throughout the whole movie. I thought I really didn't think so. It was just added 30 minutes that could have been scrapped.
0: It it actually, it hurt the believability of the movie.
1: Oh God. You're right. You're right.
0: Because you think about the practicality of like the jets they're using, how they're like honoring the Navy and like, there's never been a moment where like Maverick has like gone into enemy territory on the ground and stolen a plane within was, the hour like, within the was, hour of when I he just, went like, down. I just to me that was just like okay like you worked so hard on making this like like it is grounded in the fact that it's a, it's a Navy film using Navy planes and everything like that. But then you're having them in this situation at the end. I'm like, you, you had to make it like a Mission Impossible. You had Dude. to do it. And to me, it was just, it made the movie too long, too.
1: But like, we keep saying makes it into a Mission Impossible, which I agree with. But at the end of the day, Mission Impossible, they do a great job, like making it believable. Like, they put the context around it. This, they, this It just, just didn't, didn't feel like Top this Gun just didn't. in that moment. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like it was Top Gun. It, like, it didn't feel like this was the right thing to do based on not the seat, not the original, but based on just the prior two hours of the movie. It was just completely a different course, a, a yeah. just different track of what they were on pace on pace for. It just didn't make sense. That's why I like, I know from my 86. I couldn't mention that earlier. But again, that was like a big detraction for me. I thought those I think that the actual sequences once they got in the air was great. But at the end of the day, it's like, this makes no sense. This could have ended a a while ago. And to have that same emotional impact, which you got with the sacrifices.
0: Yeah. No, 100% agree. Uh, All right. That's going to do it for spoiler review. What I do want to jump to now is our ranking of the top five legacy sequels of all time. Uh, I kind of sprung this one on Ricky Flicks. It's something I was thinking about after looking at Twitter today, people were kind of chiming in. We put up a poll asking, what's the better legacy sequel in recent history? We talked about Creed versus Top Gun Maverick. I'm going to list a few here, Ricky Flex. And uh, I think there's six really good ones uh, that deserve to be uh, like brought up in this discussion. And there's also a few that are just you roll your eyes at that have happened recently. So I'm just going to list like some of the more recent ones. So we had Creed 2015 movie. Okay. S- sort of a spin off. Okay. Obviously, but you still have the return of Sylvester Stallone's Rocky. You got Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, which I, what was that? 2018. What was, what was Mad Max Fury Road? Uh, 2016. 2016. And then going like Blade Runner 2049, 2017 from Denny Villeneuve. Space Jam 2, New Legacy. Also, get out. Yeah, Get out. Deleted, 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 deleted. <laughs> it's on there. Uh, next one, Tron Legacy. Also directed by Joseph kasinski uh, which him honoring like older performances, older movies, mm. also like doing top gun. Like I think it was actually a really great fit. Uh, I think Tron Legacy is not gonna make the list though. I'll tell you that. I think it's good that we just knock out a couple here. You want me to keep it until I read the rest of them?
1: Nope, it's gone.
0: Uh I also have Star Wars, The Force Awakens as a legacy sequel. Uh along with that, uh the 2015 movie, by the way, Jackass Forever. I have on here recent <laughs> history. Legacy sequel. I actually haven't seen it, so I'm just gonna take it off the list. Have you seen Thank it you. yet?
1: No, but jackass can't be a part of this.
0: Come on. Uh, I also have Color of Money. Thinking Thank about Paul you. Paul Newman. This
1: is the one I was gonna like. 1986. Fight for. This is the so, one I was gonna fight for.
0: Color of Money's on here, and then I technically, I have a technical one where it's sort of a legacy sequel, but it's not at the same time, and that is Spider-Man No Way Home. <sighs> Does that count as a legacy sequel? Because you're continuing the legacy of two different Spider-Man coming into the MCU, which they've never been a part of. But at the same time, it's the third movie in the MCU trilogy for Tom Holland. This, I think, like you could put an asterisk next, next to this one.
1: I would not include it because I think this is a Tom Holland movie. It's part of his trilogy. And I think the other ones are cameos
0: cameos come on they were in more the movie than you expected they were in like Glor- half the movie
1: okay not not cameos glorified cameos what do you want to say like less grossman type vibes tropic thunder i i i can't i can't okay. solidify that all
0: right we'll put it as an honorable mention but so i think it's close the ones that are on the short list i would say creed fury road blade runner 2049 top gun maverick force awakens uh, color of money, Tron Legacy. That's seven movies. We just got to get it to five and then rank them. So, Tron Legacy, in my opinion, out, out. See you later. Tron Legacy gone.
1: Moving along. We didn't mention Bill and Ted, by the way. I haven't seen it. Have you seen that one? Uh, not everything, but it's not that bad. Um, I,
0: I, I, the, the, thing, the thing about that one is like it came at a time where like it was never going to be in theaters, pan, like heart of the pandemic. You're right. You're it, right. It deserves to be mentioned, though. That's a good pull by you.
1: Yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking. But I feel like again, Matrix like,
0: Resurrections is also a legacy sequel.
1: Yeah, no, oh god, yeah, you're right. Um, crossed off. But yeah, I think every, all our listeners know that we don't love that movie, so that's gone. All right, so I'm just thinking. I can't think of any other ones right now, but I think that our list, to be honest, if I think of any other ones, it won't be as good as this list because this top five will be awesome.
0: These are. It is going to be an excellent list. Uh okay. So let's get to maybe. Is it easier to start at one when you think the best? Because uh, uh, to me, it's a three horse race.
1: I think it's a two horse race for number one. What do you think? Uh, I what, think Fury what? Road is number one. So uh, but for me, it's.
0: Well, actually, I'm taking that back because we think a legacy sequel, part of it's like tributes to the original. The original, I didn't know very well with Mad Max. So I saw Fury Road. It's great standing alone. But in terms of like paying homage, I'm actually, I don't have that at number one. I take that.
1: Okay. I'm glad you said that because that's my dilemma right now. So what I think is, I think it's close. I think Blade Runner 2049. I think that could be a better movie than Like a year ago, I would not have said this. Or a year and a half ago, I would not have said this. But now that I've rewatched both movies multiple times over the past year, I might say 20.49 20.49 is better than Mad Max Fury Road. I might say that. Wow. I really don't wow. want to, but what is this draft? This is legacy sequels, right? And I think that does a better job than Mad Max Fury Road in that regard. Okay. So
0: I think also that has the homage and the tribute. Harrison Ford makes... He's in the
1: movie. Yeah. You you're talk- right. you or- right. You
0: talk about glorified cameos. I would argue that Tom Holland... And, and excuse me, Andrew Garfield and Tony McGuire. More screen time than Harrison Ford and right. Blade Runner. But let's no, continue. Uh, you
1: are right. You are right.
0: But to me, I think getting Fury Road out of the number one contender, I think Creed definitely has a case alongside Blade Runner 2049. Creed had the, had more of a cultural impact when it was released. It spawned another sequel. Okay, a third one is still on the way. Jonathan Majors playing the villain opposite of Creed. Stallone still in the Rocky Roll. Oscar Nom. Four, Oscar three, Nom. Three. Creed got him the Oscar Nom. Uh, made like Michael B. Jordan a household name, like based on that movie. So I think Creed is up there. I think personally, I would, I would go Creed like one. And we okay. also have to, inc- and we have to include like Top Gun Maverick in this conversation, is Top oh, Gun oh. Maverick vying for the number one spot?
1: For me, no. For me, it doesn't buy from the number one spot. And I think it goes back. I think it's more of a competition between that and Creed. Um, somewhere other, like a different part of the list. Um, the re- just to go back to your point, you think Creed might be number one. But at the end of the day, it's like, all right, we got to factor in like, all right, how much will we factor in like paying homage or impactful for the first one versus like just what's the better movie?
0: Yeah, like, so I don't, I don't think it's just the conversation of a better movie. It's
1: like a legacy. I think, it's, sequel I think it should be a combination.
0: Yeah, no. So a legacy sequel, like the whole point of it is like you have older actors returning to roles, and also like you could say like Jurassic World Dominion. Like it's a potential list on this. Crap, eventually. that's also another it, one of But, but it's I would say that. But like to me, it's got to be how well did it pay tribute to right a well-known first film, and I could like first of all. Force Awakens is making this list. I'll fight you on that. Force Awakens Force Awakens is definitely making this list.
1: Let's walk through it. But what I'm just trying to say is, going back to the original point, is that by the way, Jurassic World. What I meant was, like, yes, that is a legacy sequel, but I don't think it makes this list. That's what we got. We still
0: to have that. to knock off one more because we have Creed, Fury Road, Blade Runner, Force Awakens, Color of Money, and Top Gun Maverick.
1: Color <laughs> of Money's out of here. Wrapped.
0: Color it's... of Money's gone.
1: All right. Can I say something? We... Yes. Sadly, you're right, but it's only because *The Hustler* (1961) so old and unappreciated, it cannot even be considered compared to *Top Gun*, *Maverick*, *Creed*, and all these other names. So it's gotta go. Just based off of that, but it does pay homage what we're talking about, and the guy Paul Newman won the Oscar for this legacy sequel. So if we're going off of those rules, this should be in the top five. But I think for this podcast, what we consider, it shouldn't be. This is the hardest top five I think we're ever going to have to do. This is insane.
0: Creed, Fury Road, Run, Blade Runner, Force Awakens, Top Gun Maverick. That is so hard. Uh, Maybe maybe we say, like, what's the weakest one here? What's the weakest one here? Wait. And I think at first glance, at a movie, you would immediately say Force Awakens.
1: I, okay? I, I, I'm glad you said that because I completely agree. So let's just lock it
0: in. Star five. Wars, The Force Awakens, at number five. five. Uh, Thank you. So we have one down although i would argue that one pays tribute to its predecessor better than all of these
1: movies well it's a clone of a new hope so you right. could say it's, like it, oh it does is actually number one but it's I too think, much copy and paste thank you again i think we're on the same but point, i love it I,
0: i'm a huge force awakens guy it, we that know. movie made that made me think like okay disney might have something special they might we know have what they're cooking. doing with star wars Broadway. we're cooking but in last jedi like Divided fans, and then Rise the of Skywalker, they just, like, threw in the towel. Um, Kenobi, though, check out the breakdown coming later this week. So, Star Wars Force Awakens at 5. We are now down Creed, Fury Road, Blade Runner 2049, and Top Gun Maverick. Personally, I think Blade Runner should go, ah, crap. Top yeah. You have yeah, you
1: hold your tongue for a second there. If you're these are all top designer.
0: five, these are all amazing. All right, movies. Let me help you what out. You think Maverick, you, well, You're gonna put I,
1: this is more. a decision between Maverick and Creed. The other two are just so far superior in movies that you cannot, what? in any Fury way, Road, put them like, at Creed. Like, I
0: didn't even know Mad Max was a franchise before like 2015. I didn't even know, but,
1: okay. You're right. Okay, again, this is, goes back to what my original thing was that how no much are we weighing character. paying homage how much are we weighing like to the actual like paying how much to the original that's the real that's what i'm
0: saying so we're dealing so, with an right, amazing all right, all right.
1: movie i am okay fine this might this is gonna look bad on the graphic but if you want to do this i'm okay if you put mad max here but if you put mad max here i don't want to spoil the rest of this but i demand I, I will have a demand for later in the draft. Or well, Blade,
0: Blade Runner, I think, should be ahead of Mad Max. Now I'm thinking about it.
1: Yes. Like Blade Runner you, should be you know, I uh, think because
0: well. like it they're both incredibly incredible visual movies. Incredible. Yes. Uh but cultural impact, I mean, Fury Road picks Blade Runner's ass. Like like people at the time when Blade Runner came out, people did not see it. Yes. Like, people just I agree. did not go see it. Uh even though like Denny Villeneuve, okay, saw like his what his capabilities, what he saw. Sloburn, uh, I think I'm gonna. I th- I, th- I think we should go Fury Road as the next one.
1: I'm okay with that.
0: And we can edit the list afterwards, and we discuss.
1: We'll revisit. But I'm Mad okay.
0: Max Fury Road, In terms of legacy sequel, not just as a soul movie. Next up, okay, we have Creed, Blade Runner, Maverick.
1: Again, I. I- I think Blade Run is a clear one out of these three. I really do. Like
0: no one I, saw that movie. Though. I don't care. Does it matters. matter how many people see it? It, it does, does matter that for a legacy sequel to follow up like a original movie. it, and it was better
1: people didn't care. <laughs> I care. And I think people care now. It's just that it took a little while. It took like a year. Okay,
0: so if you want to just weigh like best movie, we could like the list, I guess. To me,
1: this is like, but like, I again, like, all right, you know, a big difference between these is that Creed and Top Gun are more like, oh, passing the torch. Blade Runner is like continuing the actual movie, continuing the story. You could make that argument and say, oh, I'd rather have that. You're continuing a story. That's an actual sequel. That yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing here. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I, No, I'm like, just saying like the other two are like more like, oh, like Maverick. Like, yes, that is it's still like Top Gun Maverick is about Maverick yes but like at the end of the day he's not in top gun he is the instructor whatever i'm just trying to make a point here that it's just like and creed obviously sylvester sloan is the instructor as well and in a way so it's not he's not actually the the star in that either so i'm just saying
0: here's the deal we're gonna make if you get blade runner number one i'm picking where creed and maverick go. done fine have your way (laughs)
1: <laughs> blade runner is just so much better and it's also a good legacy it's sequel, aged it's well, sequel. we'll t- i'll tell you
0: that it has and aged
1: well but it's, it's a, a good like, sequel it's, it's an actual sequel and not just legacy it's a good sequel
0: yeah i don't know like i i like blade runner 249 it's an awesome movie but i i, I, I do still, understand
1: your point no one saw it but i think people by now have seen it and they appreciate it now
0: yeah for the most part and I think it's a great movie. I just I'm just thinking about like the a lot of these movies. Like so things, if Star it was before we make uh, a finalized list, what right. did you pick at number Top one? Top Gun. Now? I'm gonna say it at number two. Creed three. Top Gun. I think is such an improvement from the original film. It's still centered around with the main character. It's expanding like this world or whatever you want to call it. This universe of Top Gun. I hate that I said that about Top Gun, <laughs> but it's true. But he's Animatic still the universe. guy then it has, I don't know. I feel like Creed, it's got a Apollo connections from the first three movies, but it also Sylvester Stallone, Oscar nominated. I think it's so early with the Top Gun discussion. Now I'm second guessing myself. Damn it. Uh, okay, I would wait. say Top Gun, then Creed, then Blade Runner number one. Just because it's so early for Top Gun Maverick, I reserve the right to change my slots upon a year from now when I can I can assess right the movie afterwards. To help but, you out, tell me
1: to help you out with this. It's The worst Creed, I think there's a clear iconic moment in that movie, and it's in the AMC Nicole Kidman preview every time you go see a movie. So Top Gun is too early in your in your words too early to claim an iconic moment. I think that just goes to your argument saying I think we flip okay. a coin.
0: I don't even freaking know. Ooh,
1: okay. I, this is tough. And
0: I, I'm sick of talking about it because I don't know.
1: <laughs> um I would say creed over top gun too.
0: I think it's too early for Top Gun. It's too early, too early to just say it's like a top five. We're putting it ahead of like Mad Max and Mad Max. Great.
1: But it's for the draft for this, it makes sense. It makes sense.
0: The important part is that we know how to define what like this is. It's not best movie. It's the best legacy sequel. And it takes in multiple things into account. All right. So, list before we finalize. Probably no way home honorable mention, but off the list. Number five, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Number four, Mad Max, Fury Road. Number three, Top Gun Maverick. Two, Creed. One, Blade Runner 2049. I think it's strong. I'm never going to be satisfied with this list, but I think it's strong. I think it's strong. What do you think of the list?
1: To be honest, I actually think we've solved it. I think we solved it. I do think Top Gun Maverick easily deserves to be in the top five, but I think your point is as in too early is the proper take. We can't put it at one or two. That's just like... I'm sweating. I'm like
0: literally stressed out from making That's that list. Biased.
1: We can't be. We can't be doing that.
0: Yes, that is definition of recency bias. I see a lot of recency bias going on on Twitter right now, and I, I think we can't get caught up in the hype. I would love to see the interactions of uh, all the listeners. So when this graphic gets put out of the top five legacy sequels, chime in because, and if we miss something somehow, let us know. And I'll say know, the please. color of
1: money is more of honorable mention than No Way Home. I'll say that now.
0: Okay, you can have it your way. You did pick it on your top, uh, your Tom Cruise roles draft. You can check that out on the Drive-In feed. You can also uh, check out our throwback review of Top Gun if you want to compare the two movies. Upon listening to this later on in the week, uh, as we wrap up here, we have Obi Wan recap. We also have a draft of the best pilots in movie history in the in uh, honor of Top Gun, and then we also have the checkup. A lot of Star Wars news. A lot of Star Wars trailers, right? A lot of things to discuss and a lot of Bradley Cooper news with his directorial uh, follow up to a Star is Born with Maestro, Leonard Bernstein biopic. So, with that being said, this is Dr. Rose signing off alongside Ricky Flicks. Make sure you are subscribed to the pod, YouTube, wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whole shebang. Follow us on social media. Right, for all the beautiful graphics that Ricky Flicks developed. Until next time, we will smell
1: you.